slugs can be a real nuisance in the garden and there are lots of ways that we can actually manage that problem without having to do a tremendous amount of work. Hello and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 55 of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. Today's episode is going to be dealing with one of the worst garden pests that pretty much every garden has, and that's slugs. And I'm really talking about slugs and snails for all that we're talking about today. They're just so a disheartening pest problem because we all have them and it's not something that you can kind of just get to the point where it's done and it's dealt with and you don't have to think about it anymore it's something that is always going to be there and another reason why it's such a disheartening problem to be facing is there are times when you can think that everything's going well and then you just walk out in the morning and slugs have decimated a whole row of seedlings that you've put out and believe me when I say I really do feel your pain when that happens to you because it's happened to me many times and you know we we work so hard in our gardens and whatever it is we're growing we're really invested in it and just to have gone to all that effort and to have had all these amazing high hopes of what's going to happen in the future with these plants and then you walk out and then it's all just taken away from you by something as small and seemingly insignificant as a slug is just incredibly, incredibly heartbreaking. So we're going to be talking about ways that we can manage that problem and hopefully reduce the instances where we're facing that row of decimated plants in the future. The first way that I want you to start thinking about it is just a more holistic approach of getting the predator prey balance right within your garden because nature has a way of allowing everything to grow in harmony and that includes your crops. Now we need to bear in mind that by introducing these annuals a lot of these annuals that we're using have been selectively bred for traits that give us these great yields and everything else so they really are the odd one out in the garden they're not the ones that are fitting into this harmonious natural cycle and that's why it's up to us to nudge that cycle in the right direction so that they can cope and they can just survive out there in this natural world one of the ways we can do that is just by encouraging natural slug predators now the first ones are ones that we can introduce ourselves and they would be ducks and chickens. Now particularly Indian runner ducks are really good at slug control without doing too much damage to your vegetable bed. So chickens when you've got your seedlings out they're going to be a nightmare to have them actually on your vegetable bed because they're going to scratch up everything. What they don't eat they'll just turn over with their claws while they're scratching through looking for bugs. So 
if you can have your chickens on your beds in between your planting seasons or in between you know if you can have a a mini chicken tractor where you can put a chicken or two on a very small area at a time then they're going to get through all of the slugs in that little area before you move them on but if we're looking at managing a bigger space at once then really indian runner ducks are probably your best option but even they are going to do some damage to your crops the other thing i like to do is to have your vegetable section fenced off a little bit and then have the chickens and ducks be almost on patrol around the outside of that so they're going to catch anything that's getting to the vegetable bed even though they're not going to be able to control what's in it but there are some other animals that we can encourage that can manage that pest problem within the vegetable bed without doing damage to our crops you can find self-sufficient hub content elsewhere online in lots of other places we have a youtube channel we also have our website and now there's our facebook page and facebook group links to all of these you can find in the show notes come check us out So if we can tweak the ecosystems in our gardens to encourage the natural slug predators, then that's going to deal with our slug problem to whatever extent we can manage it. And it's going to do so without any ongoing input from us. So it's certainly something that I'm going to encourage. Now, as well as the birds we've already mentioned, chickens and ducks, you've also got wild birds that are equally keen on eating your slugs and you can encourage them towards your vegetable bed just with something as simple as a bird bath water really is going to be the key to a lot of these things another animal that loves eating slugs is going to be hedgehogs now again having a water source and a hedgehog habitat somewhere near your vegetable bed is going to encourage them into that area now a very very prolific slug eater is going to be your amphibians, your frogs, toads and newts and things like that. The more ponds and wet areas you can have dotted around not just your vegetable garden but your garden in general, then the more you're going to be encouraging these things to be where you want them, which is around your vegetable bed. Now a frog isn't going to do any damage at all to your vegetables, but it's definitely going to be gobbling up lots and lots of slugs. So by increasing the habitats for these things that we want, we're going to be managing that prey problem by increasing our predators. We can also increase the likelihood that we're going to get carnivorous beetles that are going to eat our slugs by having our compost pile nice and close. We can also have a, just a stack of stones at the edge of our vegetable bed or somewhere near it, which is going to be a great habitat for encouraging the snakes that are going to want to eat those slugs these are all fantastic animals to act as the sort of predators we want around our vegetable bed they're all going to be active when we're not there which is when the slugs are there as well at night we can be a little bit more proactive ourselves and trap the slugs using beer traps now i've had huge success with this in the past a beer trap is 
literally what it sounds. It's a mini pond. It can be made of anything. You want a container about an inch deep and you're gonna to wanna to bury that in the ground in your vegetable patch so that the top of the container is at ground level and you just fill it up with beer. And the slugs appear to be very similar to 19 year olds insofar as they find the beer irresistible and eventually drown in it. So it's something that's going to be really useful for dealing with an immediate problem. If you've got an immediate problem of lots of slugs, then you're gonna be able to put these beer traps out overnight and the following morning, I guarantee you, they're going to have caught lots of your bug problems. And then obviously what we do is we feed those slugs straight to our hens. The only downside really is that they're gonna to need topping up, you know, and beer's not free, but <laughs> you don't need a tremendous amount of it. You know, one can is gonna fill five or six traps. So it's virtually free and it's gonna be diluted in the rain, I suppose is another downside, but you can just refill after you've had some heavy rain. So that's a great way of trapping the slugs. Another way is to build something we call slug hotels. So something you'll see a lot online is grapefruits. Apparently, I've never used this, but apparently slugs love grapefruit. So a, a grapefruit half that's been eaten, put upside down is going to act as a slug hotel and that's going to attract all the slugs in it. You put that there overnight and you go out in the morning, you turn it up and all your slugs are there and you can literally just fling them straight in with your chickens and they'll get eaten up. But you could also put these over the top of your beer traps as like a double whammy. But something else that works just as well as a slug hotel is just a piece of wood, just a, a flat piece of wood. I get four stones, about an inch each, an inch round each, and I put them in the four corners so that it holds this piece of wood just ever so slightly off the ground. And if it's a particularly dry time, then I will dunk the piece of wood in the water butt first so it's nice and damp and that's going to act like a slug magnet as well overnight. Now a great way of using this is in conjunction with the beer trap so if you have a beer trap just next to it or even underneath it it's just going to act as that double magnet to create a place all of your slugs are going to want to naturally migrate to and again you come along in the morning and you grab all the slugs and you toss them in to your chickens for more chicken food. The next thing I wanna talk about is uh, a set of different things you can do really, and it's all loose material that slugs will hate. So by sprinkling, and there's a few different versions of this I'm gonna talk about, but you can sprinkle a loose material around your plants that is either going to damage the slugs or just that the slugs are really not going to want to cross. There's finely ground eggshells. So if you've got hens, you're gonna be going through quite a lot of eggs, keep the shells. And I grind them up in a pestle and mortar because you want them as fine as possible really, or almost as fine as possible because what I have found, a lot of people say, oh, we put eggshells down and they didn't work. But what they've done is they've just crushed the eggshells in their hand and, and laid them out. and you're not really getting the coverage you want. You, you wanna make it so that there isn't a path through the eggshells, you know? It has to be a continuous barrier. And they work because they're sharp, so that they're gonna be really uncomfortable, if not actually dangerous, for the slugs to cross. 
Another advantage of using eggshells is that they're going to decompose and benefit the soil almost like a mulch. A second option in this category is coffee grounds. Coffee grounds work in two ways. The first of which is that if they're dry, then again, they're going to be quite difficult for the slugs to cross. But the main way they work is the actual smell is a deterrent. They have another couple of advantages. The one that we've already mentioned with the eggshells being the first, that they're going to decompose and feed the soil. But the second one is that they can be really easily sourced from coffee shops, particularly if you live in an urban area. I think almost one shop in every three in our high streets now are coffee shops and they have all these coffee grounds that they want to get rid of. So it's really easy to source them. The last option in this category is sand or grit. Now, this is particularly useful if you've got a clay soil because as that gradually gets worked into the ground, it's gonna help to add texture and structure to the soil, helping it hold moisture. But it works the same way as any other type of loose material, really. It's just something that the slugs aren't gonna particularly enjoy crossing. Next up, We've got some of the other options that you can use, including copper tape, seaweed, and diatomaceous earth. You can now support the show directly. Just go to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. You can become a patron and set up to donate to the show from any amount. Pledging as little as $3 a month makes a huge difference. If that's not your thing, you can also support the show by sharing it with people you know or posting about it on social media. We really appreciate all the help that you give us. It's people like you that make this show possible. Diatomaceous earth is basically really, really a fine-grained product made up of little tiny animal parts and shells and they're really quite abrasive for slugs so they really are an effective deterrent the only reason we don't use it is because of the need to reapply it after rain because we live in the uk there are times when it just we, we literally wouldn't be able to use it we'd have to reapply it multiple times a day for weeks on end so it's not something that we've really used or have got any experience with but it's definitely something that is recommended by people I respect and people who are in slightly drier climates. Next thing is copper tape. Now copper tape is a great way of inhibiting slugs and snails. They just won't cross it. So you can buy it online and it's particularly useful if you're growing in containers or raised beds because you can put strips of copper tape around the outside of your containers or around the outside of your raised beds and it's just going to stop the slugs actually getting to your beds in the first place. So if you do that and you couple that with some of the other systems we've already mentioned, such as maybe the beer traps within your raised beds, your beer traps are gonna take care of whatever slug population you already have. And then the copper tape is going to inhibit that population from coming back. So that's something that's a really useful thing to use in conjunction with other methods. The next 
way of stopping slugs is seaweed. Now, seaweed is something I love using because it's something you can forage for. So it's free to get hold of and it works because once you've got it down, you put it down as mulch. It's just, I love it because it's serving so many functions. So it's serving the function of being something that you can acquire for free through foraging. It's serving the function of feeding your soil because it's gonna make a great mulch that's gonna in turn rot down and feed your soil. It's also a great slug inhibitor because it's salty. We all know from childhood how much slugs hate salt. And when it dries out in the hot weather, it also becomes quite difficult for them to cross because of how dry it is, which sucks the moisture off the slug's body, inhibiting their, their movement. So those are some of the ways that you can use items to inhibit your slug population and to get it down. We're also going to talk about companion planting, so different things you can plant that are going to inhibit slugs and, and how you can look at dealing with your issues holistically. So when you're doing things like beer traps or building slug hotels, it's important to focus on where your slugs are attacking. So which plants are the ones that are going to be particularly susceptible? Which ones have you been losing? That's where you want to be placing things like your beer traps but they're also where you want to be placing your companion planting. There are lots of plants that will deter slugs, be it by scent or whatever other method. So garlic is a great one. Now we grow garlic right around the outside of our vegetable bed. We grow it every year around the circumference. And I like to think that that acts as a a small barrier to inhibit at least a portion of the slug population that would otherwise cross onto our vegetable bed. But marigolds and rosemary both make great companion planting for deterring slugs because of their smell. You could also consider sacrificial plants. So if you've got some plants that are particularly precious, that you definitely don't want to lose to slugs, you can consider planting some sacrificial plants next to them that the slugs are going to prefer. Your salads and your leafy greens in particular are ones that your slugs are going to want to target. Personally, that's not an idea that I like because once I see a salad plant or a leafy green growing, I'm gonna be inclined to just try and protect that from the slugs as well. So I'm, I'm not personally inclined towards that method but it is something that I've heard of people using some people actually plant entire sacrificial beds with the thought process being that if the slug has got enough space and food and it's the sort of food they really prefer then they're going to just stay there quite happily rather than venture into your other vegetable bed which might have the plants that you don't want to give up to the slugs another option and it's another one that I personally don't like for reasons I'll explain, is the option of introducing nematode worms. Now, nematode worms can be extremely effective. You can buy them online and you literally just water them through a watering can with some water onto your garden and they live in the soil. They're beneficial nematode worms. In you. So nematode worms, you can get several different types and you get a specific type that target slugs and they will literally kill all of your slug population or a massive percentage of it. The reason I don't like this 
idea is because it's extremely effective for about six weeks. It will kill off all your slugs and the nematode worms will live for about six weeks in your soil. Then what will happen is a kind of knock-on effect is you're going to lose a lot of your natural predators because their prey is no longer there. So a lot of your amphibians or whatever else you've built up to deal with your slug problem, they're going to find somewhere else to feed so that when your slug problem returns, it's going to be worse because you don't have this natural balance in the food chain. So to me, the idea of nematode worms is fine if you're going to commit to a perpetual cycle of using them, which personally is something I don't want to do. The last thing I want to talk about is just some garden husbandry. And if you can water your plants in the morning, then that's going to have a great effect on making your vegetable garden just less appetizing as a, some of your slugs are going to want to live and breed and multiply because slugs do most of their work, most of their moving overnight. So if you're watering later in the day, you're making that lovely moist environment for your slugs to reproduce and get a foothold. Whereas if you're watering in the morning, then your garden and particularly your mulch, if you're using mulch, is going to have all day to then dry out so by the time we get to the slug's main area of activity the night time it's going to be far less a comforting experience for them just to be in that space so by watering in the morning is going to have another impact which is beneficial for you for your slug population so by incorporating a combination of these things i think we can all get on top of our slug issues without it being something that makes us want to to pull our hair out i hope you found this useful uh if you have please let me know if you haven't please let me know if there's anything you'd like to add to the conversation if there's anything i've missed do get in touch i hope you've enjoyed the episode and i'll speak to you next time it's really easy for you to get in touch with us you can do it either by sending an email to selfsufficientcontact at gmail.com or by using the link in the show notes to send us a voice message. You can send us a voice message just using your phone. You could also reach out to us on Facebook where we have the Self Sufficient Hub group and the Self Sufficient Hub page. We're always thrilled to get your feedback, questions or suggestions for future topics on the show. If you find this podcast valuable, there's several ways you can support it. The easiest of which is to rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts. You could also talk about it or share it wherever you post online, including your social media pages. And now you can support the podcast directly by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. See you soon.